Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, when you ask like that, it throws off the naturalness of it. I feel like the thing that worked with Eric was you guys were just talking and I started recording. But did we, we ever do an intro with that one? No. Oh, like we... Ne- okay, well, let's not do one anymore. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> we're back. <laughs> well, we do have to say that this is Tim. We've we got have, Tim. We have Tim. The Tim. The gleefully Tim. Tim. <laughs> wow, that wasn't planned. We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Welcome, Tim. You got to follow him on Instagram, follow him on TikTok. He's amazing. A great follow. Yes. Agreed. I'm actually extremely jealous. Oh my I, God, I love you. Thank you. That's so <laughs> I've been trying to get TikTok famous for a very long time. <laughs> and I, ca- I can't even, I can't even break a thousand. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Girl, it is a nightmare of an app. An absolute trash hole. It's beautiful. It's so funny and so great. But good luck. It is anybody's guess what takes off on that app and what doesn't. The algorithm is just like a nightmare of Satan's taint hole. And nobody can figure it out. <laughs> Dude, everyone thinks Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is a new album now. Everyone's oh my like, God, I absolutely can't. But Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> like that guy, that guy is like big famous now. I don't, rem- I don't know his name. Also, uh, yeah, my head, I forget. But- In my head, I'm, I want to say like Dog Lover, but it's like not. <laughs> it's like it's like his handle is like something, something insane, like something that. insane, <laughs> like that, like Dog Lover One Two Three or something. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So that's what we're going to call him. But like the queen of TikTok, Charlie, whatever her name is, like Charlie D'Amelio or whatever her name is. She's like 12 years old, has 100 million followers and doesn't do anything. No. She just kind of stands in front of the camera and like lip syncs to something and like claps her hand and it's called a dance now. And she Mm -hmm. has 12 of those in a day. Mm -hmm. And she funds her entire family off of TikTok money. It's crazy. I know. That's exactly what Julie's trying to do. Yeah. And those are the exact type of nothing that Julie's trying to get famous off exactly of. I'm trying to get famous doing nothing yes. except recording myself for 12 seconds like every three hours it's it honestly pisses me we off we need maximum thrive and minimum effort <laughs> yes exactly. 
That's perfect. And just like real quick, I hate the way that Charlie, what she, Charlie D'Amelio, is that her name? I hate the way she talks. Like, I, have I you watched anything? Know. I don't, she I whispers. Might have seen it. She's like, hey guys, Charlie. And I'm like, oh my God. Maybe is that, that's her shtick. No. No. A whisper shtick. I'm pissed. Maybe that's okay. what I have to do. Like, hey guys, it's Julian. You just change your entire persona somehow. <laughs> call me Charlie. I'll call you Charlie. You should you should follow Charlie and literally whatever she does, just do that exact same thing like seconds later. The I do have the works. same hair as her now. Straight part, middle part, bangs. short brown Lord Farquaad hair. Okay. <laughs> I have that now. Okay. Okay, sweet. <laughs> this is happening. Okay. But. So, Tim. He chose season four, episode six of Shit's Creek titled yes. Open Mic and what an excellent choice. Amazing choice. It is. Let's hear why you chose it, Tim. Not only is Shit's Creek, but this episode specifically is the greatest feat in cinematic and television <laughs> history. I really wholeheartedly believe that. I had such a visceral reaction to this episode, to this whole show, like we all did, right? It, mm -hmm. it has changed the future, honestly. Mm -hmm. This episode made me weep in such a way that I thought Christ was coming back. <laughs> I thought Taco Bell was taking away the cheesy gordita crunch. I thought, I mean, it was a mix of the most incredible emotions. And I just wept. I really think it's the greatest episode of television, period. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is one that sticks out. And so I'm assuming it's the Patrick and David storyline, <laughs> simply the best, right? Correct? Yes, yes. It's yep. so interesting because when Patrick came in and you can kind of, it's been a while since I watched, since Julie just rewatched this whole thing. Patrick came into an already perfect show, which is like, okay, I, we don't, we didn't need Patrick, but we needed Patrick. It's mm -hmm. insane how perfect he is for David and, and how he only adds value. There's not a single moment where you're like, oh, Patrick, mm -mm. there's such great scene partners because they're so different. There couldn't be two, di like David and his mannerisms and so being so dramatic and Patrick just like still going toe to toe with him, but being so relaxed and still really funny it's it's excellent it really is so i agree with you tim yeah i honestly when when patrick first came on the show i i didn't like him you guys that first episode episode and a half he was like being really sassy to david and i was very defensive and i was like excuse me stranger <laughs> sir do not talk to my david that way <laughs> and i was like lay off and I was very public about how much I did not like this man and I did not know who was infiltrating his life. And then all obviously it all changed. And now I just, I don't know what I'd do if I saw him in person. I would think it's actually Patrick and yeah. I would be unwell. Do you know? He was so perfect for David. He was so perfect for that family. And it's so awesome to watch. I mean, we'll talk about this, but it's so awesome to watch that relationship develop in a family and in a city and in a um in an environment where like prejudice just doesn't exist um, you know what i mean homophobia doesn't exist and it's so beautiful to watch that and and to i don't know like 50 percent of me was like oh my god it's so beautiful i'm crying and the other half of me was like oh my god it's so sad that we don't have that i'm crying do you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> and that's how i felt the whole rest of the last three seasons mm -hmm. it, it was that emotion yeah. that's my favorite part of reading any articles hearing the actors and actresses talk about this show i really think they they made the Shits creek special that we were talking about a separate thing and i really want them to kind of 
add it on to the last season so nobody misses it. I think it's so special to hear them talk about it and how special and perfect the show is. It, it just makes the experience so much better. I really hope nobody misses it. So all of our listeners, you cannot you can't miss, miss it. that special. It's excellent. Oh my God, I was supposed to be working from home, but yeah. you know you know how that goes some days. Exactly. Just, it just doesn't happen. But yeah. I was like just sobbing. Like it's so good and just like one actually this is like not has nothing to do with me crying but like listening to the way that the actress who plays alexis actually talks Mm -hmm. you're like no that's not right (laughs) (laughs) that's true you're like why are you talking like that that's not right uh and like and just all of them just being like yeah like my my manager threw this at me and I said like I give it a shot and Mm -hmm. like then they just like have so much love for each other and you can like see that obviously as it shows in the show Mm -hmm. but even like outside of that like I'm gonna keep saying like the girl who plays this because I don't know any names but the girl that plays Alexis and like when it's like interviewing her she's like I'm still gonna go to Catherine O'Hara's house and eat dinner with her like every (laughs) night and I'm just like yes absolutely Catherine O'Hara is a legend and a treasure I I was watching especially re-watching this episode she she wasn't even doing anything. Ins- this was like one of the least insane Moira episodes. Mm-hmm. She's just like being so funny in her. Yeah. I, I, she's not doing anything. And I was dying laughing at her. She really is just something else. I don't know how they don't break. Like they did I'm show sure they some. Do. I think in the in the um, documentary thing, they do show bloopers. Did I make that up? I think you're making that up. You have to remember that specifically for Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, that's like 40 years of improv training and them working together oh, yeah. for years. Chemistry, so like, baby. like they've done like seven movies that are fully improvised. So I feel like they at least are probably really well skilled with keeping their cool during that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm thinking of. What are you thinking of? I Say watched it. a documentary um, about <laughs> the show Young and Hungry. <laughs> that is not this like right like right after that and that's why i was like no they definitely showed the bloopers but it was from that show i couldn't even focus on what matt was saying because i was like what was i watching that was it okay so i, I watched that. this episode twice today and both times i was really trying to think that this is the hardest question out of any show who is my favorite character on this show and i was like i cannot choose mm. i i truly cannot i mean that's the the beauty of one of these shows that has such a like a deep bench but i, I mean the top four the the main four characters are fucking incredible yeah. all the time but i think i did decide yeah. And I think it is uh, uh, with a close David is a close second. But now I can't think yes. I'm going to call her Annie Murphy. Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. It's got to be Alexis. I just think that every time she's on screen, I'm enjoying it. I'm like she's so funny. Her mannerisms are out of control and so are David's, but I just think she took this role and made it something so funny and her arc is so incredible. So Tim, what is your answer yes no i completely agree i actually had it change throughout the course of the show i think i started off right away everybody was talking about moira right before Mm -hmm. so i watched all six seasons in four days of quarantine (laughs) powered through and it like i mean wrecked me i didn't sleep for two days i didn't eat for a week like Mm -hmm. i was like (laughs) really unwell and and through those four days i felt it all all change at first i was like it's moira it's moira and then i was like oh my god no it's david he's perfect and dan levy is he is perfection. He really he's a is. brilliant actor. He's a brilliant writer. He's so fucking funny. It's nuts. But then starting actually, I think at this episode, I was I, I just watching it this afternoon again. 
this is when things started to change and Alexis started to become my favorite. The arc that her character takes the last two seasons is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. And she's so funny and so perfect. But also when you see her like start to really come into herself and start to to believe in herself, believe that she's smart and believe that she's capable and start to, uh, you know, take on the business, like taking on her, this executive role that she gives herself for the hotel and, <laughs> and then watching her and Ted's relationship yeah. it is so unreal. And the, the last like season and a half or two seasons, I'm just fucking obsessed with Alexis. Yeah. Who's yours? Mine's definitely David. David, but, uh, because well, when I first started watching it, I think I texted you or the group chat and was like, David is literally everything to me. Yeah. Like, he just makes me so happy, and I laugh at everything he does. Like, his the faces he makes are so fucking funny. And the one thing that I yes. love about this show <laughs> is when they randomly curse, so like they really don't curse that much. Yeah. And then, like, even in this episode, one of the quotes I wrote down is like, when Ray is like, "Talk to the guests with your face and smile with your eyes," and Stevie's like, "What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> Yeah. And I was like dying laughing, but then I just <laughs> continued watching episodes after I watched this for today because I was like, this is bringing me so much joy. I'm yeah. just going to keep watching. And like David will randomly like be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I just love it. Like I'm like, they rarely curse, but when they do, it hits so hard and it's so funny. Yeah. A part of the rewatch value of this is paying attention to the people who maybe aren't talking like when Alexis or David are in the background because they're always doing other things that are like like reacting and just being like mm, like to things that everyone's saying because they're always being bitchy yes. like always no matter what yes. but going back to just their care all first of all the the main four characters and stevie and everybody yeah. has an amazing arc they really didn't yeah. take any days off with this yeah. with this cast i've said this on the podcast before about Shit's creek but when i really started falling in love with the characters and i'm glad they did it kind of at the end of season one mid mid season one end of season one is when they decided that okay we're staying here like when they stopped every second of the day trying to get out of Shit's Creek and we're like okay let's make our lives better here is when they really just take off and that's the best part yes wow I completely agree with that that brings an interesting question up since like now because usually it's Kathleen and I have seen it Julie seen like one or two of the episodes as we're talking about it but this is the first time that all three of us plus the guests have seen it and I feel like Shit's Creek is one of those shows where like there's a moment that kind of hooks you in and then you're like in there for the whole ride. Does anyone remember like what the moment was where they were just like, okay, I'm in now. I think that was my moment. I can't remember the exact episode, but I would say like probably early season two because season one was hard for me to get through. Like I was like, cause I told you I started season one and I was like, I'm on like episode four. Like I, uh, I'm just like, I'm not into it as much as everyone's saying mm -hmm. how great it is. And then I think it was you and Gelsey were like, you got to push through it. You got to push through. It's so worth it. And then as soon as I got to season two, I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Like, this is so good. I think I'm right there with you, Julie. Because I think for me, it was the specific moment that I remember was David in the field with the Amish people. <laughs> oh, and like, that's amazing. when I was just like, all right, I'm in. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God, the best. I feel like that first season, there's so many great like one-liners. Moira has a bunch and David has a bunch that, that are so great. But when you really start to connect to them as a family, I think is season two, episode one. That's yeah. one of my other favorite episodes of the show. And that moment when she's like, <laughs> after the, the bag, right? Her like mom's bag or the bag has been passed down. And when they finally find him, she's like, we didn't know where you were. <laughs> oh, 
conversation <laughs> is so fucking brilliant. And you finally see, like, you just connect to them as a family unit. Yeah. And it takes off from there. Yeah. They're such, like, a selfish family, but they, like, love each other, too. Like, it's not like your selfish family where, like, they're so selfish and don't give a shit about each other. But, like, the way that just, like things are like the way especially more like she's so selfish but it's hilarious the way that she like is basically just like david is not my favorite and then yeah. like, she can and then she's like oh i guess like you can come to lunch with me to alexis <laughs> and like alexis just like what the fuck yeah moira had the, probably the big i think at some point they decided to just dial up they're like okay let's make her a little more motherly like yeah. i feel like her transition happened a little faster which i'm glad about because some points you're right like the the lunch the awkward lunch with that it's like they really can't have one conversation <laughs> together but then when they flash back to old christmases or old this or all that it really is shitty i i like would always get sad watching the flashbacks oh, i hated the flashbacks because of just like what dave i mean they all went through shit but like with david's stuff yeah. like i'm just like oh my god i love him so much i hate how unhappy his life like they want it back so bad and it's not till later seasons that they realize like how much happier they are now in shit's creek yeah yes it it's wasn't so good. good in the first place just money money ruins money, all money. don't become tiktok right famous. i know <laughs> oh god if this isn't a lesson learned <laughs> So there is three storylines yeah. in this episode. Mm-hmm. So do you want to walk us through what they are? Me? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm I couldn't like, tell if that was I a lag. Like, like, and then I was like, wait, this is like a really long lag. <laughs> Your internet's down again. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, my God. So yes, 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 yes. So, uh, okay. We have the Rose Apothecary is finally up and running. Uh, which we're thrilled about at the cutest little store, but they don't have any business. They can't get anybody to come in. So Patrick has this idea to host an open mic night to get people to come in, which is the absolute worst nightmare for David (laughs) to imagine like slam poetry and an improv troupe coming into his own store that he's like crafted, you know, (laughs) to be his little, it's almost like a little oasis of New York City in the outskirts of Canada, right? And then we have Jocelyn's, baby gender reveal right yeah and we have the making of the rosebud hotel (gasps) there's so many things happening in this episode what a great episode it's so good it really is and speaking of the rosebud part we can we can start there i'm just okay (laughs) we'll end end on david and patrick because that's obviously the big one but funnily enough when i look back on Shit's creek one of my favorite relationships is stevie and johnny rose and it's like i can't believe i mean stevie and david are amazing but i can't believe the real growth is kind of within those two especially with stevie kind of taking on more responsibility but at this end at the end realizing that she's just worried and anxious that they're gonna leave her at some point is really heartwarming yeah it it really does it for me yeah Yeah. i agree with that stevie's story is so special and i feel like a lot of us i I feel like a lot of us actually relate to her where Mm -hmm. she she's grown up in this town her whole life and it's this mix of like fear of leaving everything you know to try and new things but also the fear of being stuck right the the fear of wanting so much more and 
not being able to get it and this thing that's been passed down through her family. And so maybe she feels responsibility to carry it when she really doesn't want to. And then there's shame for not wanting to do that. But also if I give it up, where else do I go? I don't know anyone else. I don't know anything else. That's like inner turmoil journey that she goes through, which I think probably really is. I know this isn't the episode, but it reaches its climax in the cabaret episode, mm. right? That we oh, all fucking time. die. Die. The cabaret episode. Yes. Die. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The best. This is like just the taste that really that taste at the beginning when we're seeing she's like, okay, but if you leave, like when you when this becomes successful and you leave and I'm left with all of this on my shoulders and now I'm stuck and you got to go free. That's not fair. God, that's heartbreaking. And also, Mm -hmm. there's so many people who can relate to that, I think. Big time. That's actually another good Moira moment when she does bring the bottle of wine to Stevie and try and say, like, I know you're kind of stuck. I'm going to give you this, like, opportunity to be in cabaret and then takes the wine. But So it's like Moira growing and then being like, well, you already have wine. I'm not going to come. She's like, oh, I see you you have a bottle of wine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good moment, too. But I agree. Stevie's a great character. And at first, I didn't really know what I what we were getting with Stevie and I think she was a a great I think she's like the fifth on the call sheet I guess I don't even know Uh, probably like Roland maybe I'm not sure that was one Roland is one that I it took me a while to like I was like he is just makes me ill me too (laughs) yeah Yeah, he's disgusting yeah is it is the worst he is he the uh, snowplow man from snow day yes that is Chris Elliott he made his name for David Letterman where he would do these weird performances where the whole joke was that he's a disgusting, unlikable human being. So okay. that's just been like the career he's been riding since his 20s. Yeah, he, like, I mean, in Snow Day, he literally plays the most disgusting, scary snow plow driver. Yeah, he's really off an off-putting character. But I, I you end up loving him. You end him. up loving him, yeah. That, for me, that moment, we're just going, talking about the moment at the dinner table, are you going to oh, say? Oh, no. When I forget the moment, but they're out to dinner with uh, the shits and... That rich and, family. And the rich family comes in and then he sticks up for Roland. He's like, oh. it's Shit's Creek. And that's where we, whatever it is, I haven't seen it in a while. But that yeah. I can remember that moment is one where I'm like, oh, this is good yes. character development. Yeah. Love I, it. I, we're, again, we're jumping all over. But, and I do love too when like they go to pitch buying motels oh, and yeah. they're like making fun of him. And Roland walks in and like there's like humor in it too. But just the way he like sticks up for him, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, cuties. They all just love each other. And it's just. I want to be a part of it. I hate when we watch shows like this. I know. The small town feel is something that I, when I watch shows, I'm like, ooh, I would love that. And then I'm like, mm, would I though? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like to live in a city and have like things happening around me. I don't know about small towns, but that's how I feel when I watch Gilmore Girls. It's how I feel when I watch Parks and Rec. It's like, oh, I don't know. There's a little quirky little town. And the nuance of, you know, that's funny that you say Parks and Rec. I feel like that's the only other show that is has the perfect nuance of loving and hating somebody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. They love Ro- Roland and they hate Roland, right? It's uh, David and Alexis love each other and they hate each other. It's like that is so perfected between all these relationships and the nuance of Mm. that is like chef's kiss. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I've said this before about Parks and Rec, but I think that it works for Schitt's Creek as well, which is that both of the shows do something that is extremely, extremely difficult, which is that it's an extremely funny show that's almost always of the optimistic persuasion instead of the negative pessimistic look mm. at the world. Everyone loves The Office, but at the, at a certain point, the humor of The Office is easy because it's about how shitty 
their work wow. life is a good way to put it. versus like with Shit's Creek and The Good Place and Parks and Rec. It's all about like a celebration of love. Mm-hmm. And to do that and be funny mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. such a hard thing to pull off. Wow. That just Agreed. inspired yeah. me. I love that. Optimistic TV, baby. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I, it's true. And I love how like, I mean, no, 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 we're not talking about this, but how Leslie loves her coworkers, how Leslie loves everyone and encourages everyone and what she feels for them is so positive and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I get that in this show, too. It's like how Jocelyn sees people or mm-hmm. how, you know what I mean? It's so beautiful. Yeah, this Shit's Creek, I think I watched it right before quarantine hit. So it was only one through five because six dropped on Netflix mid-quarantine. And I remember when I was watching it, I, I was just happy. I'm like, this is good TV. And I'm sitting here and I all of a sudden I watched an entire season in one day. I didn't mean it, but it just happened, which doesn't happen to me often. I mean, I do watch a lot of TV, but when, and I've said this on the podcast too, but when I was watching the Emmys and they swept it, I was like so well deserved just like unbelievably yeah. well deserved to sweep the emmys i'm so glad that they got that on their last season agree tears in the chat tears in the fucking chat i know and i didn't even watch it at that point so i couldn't even fully understand oh i was flipping tables oh god i know I, oh. I literally suck i have to get better with like being on the train when the train is at yeah the stop yeah like, mm-hmm. I'm always running for it. <laughs> Ooh, Tim, are you watching anything right now? Because the Queen's Gambit is fucking me up right now. It's so good. Okay, I, someone just told me about that yesterday, and I hadn't heard of it. No, I need to get on it. Okay, so it dropped on the 23rd, so you're really not that far behind. Like, it dropped last Friday. It's not even been okay. out for a week. I started it yesterday. and There's only seven episodes, and I watched five of them, and they're, like, hour long. So good. I mean, it is all about chess. So oh, I, I saw your story. Yeah, <laughs> it's about chess, but it's about this cool ass girl who is like a young girl who is just like a genius chess player. And it's really fucking good. In case you're looking for a little recommendation, drama and chess. Oh, yes. Fun. Ooh, it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, I it watched Elstrom. If you've heard of that on Hulu, it just dropped like two weeks ago. That was my Halloween show, Hellstrom. Mm. I think it's technically a marvel show but they removed marvel from the name and it's like Mm. these two children of a serial killer who was like possessed by a demon and so they have demonic powers that they try to use for good (laughs) it's kind of fucked up and crazy but it's good okay but you'd recommend yeah i recommend okay you have to really get into it a few episodes to understand like what the fuck's going on and there's a bit of suspension of disbelief that you have to have because there's there's a lot of plot. There's a lot of characters. But the idea behind it, I really love. And everyone is acting their faces off and they're all very, very hot. So it's not a bad time. Well, there you go. Mm. It's not a bad time. <laughs> I just realized that I feel like in previous episodes, I kept saying that a new a new season of American Horror Story was coming out this year, and it certainly is not. <laughs> Julie, you have said that on every single episode we've no, done. No, like I was spreading rumors hardcore. It always comes back to American Horror Story for Julie. <laughs> yeah. So I was really upset because that's what that's what we use mm-hmm. as like our spooky show. So instead, we've just been watching like Scream. Mm-hmm. You got to watch Bly Manor. It's so good. Yeah, Bly Manor was incredible. I know, but you guys know what The Haunting of... Oh, yeah, but you watched Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor is less scary than Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, but like, holy shit, I didn't sleep for days. Just I watch, so watch it in the morning like you did the last one. 
I had a nightmare last night and woke up and swore that someone was walking around my house and all I was picturing was Nell slow dancing with her husband. That's just like scary things piling up on you and building your anxiety. <laughs> Don't blame Hill House for being one of those I'm just steps. Like, I'm sweating again. I was sweating last Take night. Take that scarf I was off. Like, I was like, oh my God. Stay a while. Can you wake up? I kept like accidentally like nudging him like I was sleeping, but I was really just like, please wake up. How are you that scared sleeping next to somebody? I never get scared sleeping next to somebody. Dude, I don't know. I'm scared of everything. It's fucked up. Okay. Back, back to shit. Back Creek. to Shit's <laughs> Creek. Anyways, so our next storyline is Jocelyn's baby's gender. So. I love this so much. This is so good. This is just joke after joke after joke. Just fucking amazing. It's like, it's either yeah. my birthday or Gloria Estefan's or something oh like that. God. It's like, yup, of course. It was glorious. Does that makes sense. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> like that. Yup. That makes sense. More is like, who put a picture of a ghost on my... <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so <laughs> funny. I wrote that down too because it's like, Moira, you were a... You are a mother of two. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you've never seen an ultrasound before? That's insane. <laughs> I love it. That is perfect. A perfect written joke. That really heightens how selfish she is. She probably doesn't give a shit yeah. about an ultrasound, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, someone looked at that for her when she was pregnant, like one of their, like, workers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she couldn't even give it the time of day. But basically what happens <laughs> is Roland and Jocelyn, doesn't. they don't want to find out what the sex of their baby is for some... Well, the reason is hilarious. The Salem witches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some reason i know i wasn't gonna say for some reason oh, you were i was building you were i couldn't building think suspense. of the words i was no i was gonna say like for some and then i was like not suspicion i couldn't think of the word um, that i and i still don't know the word can fill it in for me superstition superstition okay very superstitious <laughs> anyways <laughs> so they don't want to find out and then of course moira finds out by looking at the ultrasound and then they decide since she since she knows they want to know and she can't remember what she saw well the the beauty in it is i have this quote she goes why should i be the only one encumbered with this emotional cargo <laughs> perfectly written i mean moira's dialogue yes. moira's dialogue is a different world i feel like they have to have a team just for her dialogue it's so perfect yeah but the whole episode she's acting bothered by the knowledge and then when they finally <laughs> ask her she's like <laughs> she has she's like, no idea she's like i <laughs> certainly remember seeing an m and an f but i can't remember which one was circled yeah fucking hell she said so something good. like you tasked me with keeping it a secret and i did just that even from myself <laughs> <laughs> your act your impression is good i know you it sound is good. good the only thing i know how to say is bebe oh like if i try and do an impression i have to say bebe, bebe. yeah yeah little bebe Rose. <laughs> <laughs> you can do an impression of anybody on this show, truly, except maybe yeah, Johnny. True. But I mean, everyone is like so such a specific character. You can't. Oh. I love the idea of being burdened with a secret. I so get that to my deep, deepest core. Mm -hmm. I cannot keep a secret. I, I like will have to I don't know what I would like lie I'll like make up a new secret to tell somebody so I don't tell the one that I do know do you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. I have to have like two or three people who are my people who don't know the person who told me the secret so I can tell them and it won't matter do you yep. know what I'm saying yep it's yep. exactly what I do. Yep. I'm pretty good at keeping secrets, but I also like talking about secrets. So it's like I'm good at keeping the ones I must keep. And then if there's I have like certain friends that are like, OK, I could tell them that I won't get out. It's like 
whatever. What's the Pretty Little Liars theme song? Two Got can a keep secret. a secret if one of them is dead. Oh, yes. Okay. Back to Shit's Creek. But one more Moira quote I love. She's like, I won't be held accountable for invoking a coven because of the story about the Salem. So basically, did you say it? The Salem? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. I, <laughs> so fucking funny. I, I honestly just wish I could weave the word coven into my vocabulary a little bit more. Like, I wish I could talk about witches and stuff more, but... Yes. Speaking of American Horror Story, that was the best season of that the show. The best? Uh, for me. For, I'm a gay. So, coven no. was the best season. <laughs> the best season. I a thousand percent agree with you. I say it all the time. I hate when people say that it is not the best season because <laughs> it is. Best season for wardrobe, that's for sure. Anyways, moving on. Okay. We yes. can we can get to David and Patrick now. <sighs> Which yeah, which is just we needed that steer off before we could come back to this because mm-hmm. my god, yeah, an, an emotional peak for sure. I just love them so much. Oh my god, like you're right, they really are like the perfect polar opposites. Mm-hmm. But like Patrick just loves David so much, and you can tell that like it's like he, David doesn't even know if like he just doesn't feel safe feeling anything because he's never had that relationship before. Yeah. Well, it takes till the end for David to even love himself. He he yeah. just had to work through a lot of his own issues. And and Patrick was there for all of them. And Patrick had to be there to remind him like, hey, 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 like this is going to be OK. This, yeah. this is normal, whatever it is. And of course, uh, oh, my God, they it really is one of my favorite relationships on any TV show. It was yeah. such a fucking amazing yeah. thing to watch and unfold. I agree with that. Um, but I just love how Patrick is so confident in this open mic night idea and it is disgusting David like he is disgusted by the idea and Patrick is just like oh what's this like bringing an acoustic guitar and David's like what is that and he's like this is an acoustic guitar (laughs) like just so confident being like yup and fuck is he a good singer oh boy is he I was wet <laughs> can I say that on this episode? Oh, can you? you can. We all that, were. I had oh a my full, God. full fucking wop. Wop, wop, wop. <laughs> yeah. Literally. That's though. some flawless singing. Oh my God. I wonder how many times they did that. I was only thinking that because now that I'm, I'm I don't know why my brain does this, but when they cut to Roland and what's her name talking to Moira about the baby again. And you can hear him in the back. And I'm like, if they screwed that up, he was going to have to start all the way over. Or did they like cut it? Well, I don't know. I was like thinking about it way too hard. I was like, huh, I wonder how they shot this like this entire time. Yeah. But I was like, I would just want him to hear to sing oh, that 800 times in a row. Just like a full day of filming of him singing that song. It's- I know. I kind of almost like hated that they put that scene in the middle of the song. Honestly, I wanted more of it. You know yeah. what I mean? I wanted to watch the whole thing. I know there's only so much we could have seen of that, but it was so beautiful and to be taken out of that is almost jarring until Moira really rescues it. And she's like, hold on, my son is being serenaded by her. What does she call it? Like a, her like golden voiced bow or something like yeah. that. I can't remember what it is. But and then you Butter see voice. how she loves David and how, she, how loving and accepting she is of Patrick. And that is so beautiful in itself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of rescues that moment, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's how you know it's good if Moira is like, no, no, I want to I want to watch this because it's hilarious how Moira and David have the same like nerves and disgust about the fact that he's about to go up and do this song and sing to him. It's so funny to watch them both just be like, if I need to pull the fire alarm, you let me know. Like they are two sides of the fucking same two, whatever that phrase is, same coin, whatever. They're the same. They are hilarious. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. 
It, it really I love is. how Patrick just loves David through all of his, I don't even want to call them flaws per se, but almost like David's self-sabotage. And Ooh, Patrick kind of sees through that yep. and it finds it so endearing. And that is beautiful that mm-hmm. he's not ever like taken aback by it or he's not challenged by it or he doesn't feel like alienated by it. And he like still trusts David through all of that. Does that make sense? And so he's just like, you'll be fine, David. It's going to be a great night and you're going to be just fine. And I'm so excited about it. And that's period. You know what I mean? Uh And that's it. And he will is like the perfect counter for David's fire in that way, you know? Yeah. I think that every single time I've cried during this show, it was something related to David and Patrick. (laughs) So like this episode made me cry. The proposal made me cry. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Patrick yes. coming out to his parents. I that was like was sobbing in bed. I was yeah. like, I, I like every time I cried, it was because of something with them too. And it, it's just yeah. like the perfect show because it makes you feel like like these are your friends and you're watching them like mm-hmm. go through these things. Like when I realized uh, that Patrick was proposing to David, it, like I, I, so you know that I didn't watch any of it. So I didn't get spoiled. I knew they got married at the very end because one yeah. fucking day Comedy Central was playing the season finale and I was just laying in bed like da 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 on my phone. And like, I just kept like looking up at yeah. the screen and looking down. So I saw they get married, which is really fucking annoying, but whatever but I didn't know about the proposal so like that whole episode like I'm like not expecting it at all and then like when he gets so I know this is not what this episode of this keep going I love it but when like he gets so frustrated and he's like let's just turn around and then he's like explaining like how to pull oh my god I can't yeah I I know (laughs) it's so good yeah oh god I'm gonna cry I gotta re-binge it all that is I'm going to too I think it's the beauty it's a gift and a curse of the show because I binge it so fast that now I feel like I have to rewatch it again to get I've rewatched one of the seasons twice because one day I just needed something to make me feel better on in the background and I rewatched the entire season I can't remember it must have been Either it's four or five because I really love the end seasons. They're so good. Yeah. But big cry moments as well. Yeah. God, I hope nobody's listening to this who hasn't seen it yet. But yeah, I'm sorry. I Alexis and Ted breaking up oh, is yeah. like mm-hmm. the, for the last oh. time. And and in the in the special when Eugene Levy's just sitting there crying watching oh, Annie Murphy stop. do it. I, I'm about to cry right stop. now. That that is intense. We're all crying. I've already said it before on the show, but I have watched stevie sing maybe this time probably like 20 times and it makes me cry every single time and it's one specific moment because i love that song i think that's like one of the prettiest ballads in broadway history but she has this moment where she like gets choked up while singing Mm -hmm. and that's the part where it's just like the the floodgates open at that moment because i have chills thinking i know uh, because that song's such like a stepping out of your skin like maybe for once in my life things are going to be different and it like fits where Stevie is so beautiful and that like hiccup almost feels like it's in that moment on the stage in front of people that she realizes how much she's connecting to the material for the yeah. first time. Is that when David's like, that's my friend? Yeah. Wow. Oh, God, yeah. It's, also, it's such a well done show. Has, Tim, I know you've performed it because I, I feel like I connect to that even though like I've never been on stage. I did stage crew. I, I enjoyed being part of like a close knit theater group has there been any songs that in the moment that you were singing it you were like oh shit this is about me (gasps) wow 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 so on a surface level like the answer to that is yes and i try to do it all the time but i would say 
the last time that that like really happened let me think oh you know what okay here's here's the answer <laughs> I, when i at the beginning of quarantine i was doing um i was doing kinky boots and I was playing the bad guy in that show, actually. I was, like, homophobe and was disgusted by these drag queens. I don't know if you know the plot of that show, but there's these drag queens and they, uh, and I am sort of the uh, antithesis to the goodness that's happening in the script. And I realized that I was playing a closeted version of myself. I was playing a past me, mm. if that makes sense. I was, like, raised very conservative and very religious and kept myself from my truth for a really long time. And the stuff that my character said and sang, I was like, oh God, that's like what I used to think. Mm. And that's what I used to think about myself. You know what I mean? And so now as like an out and proud person to go back to those kind of thoughts, to go back to saying those words and singing those words and feeling those feelings, was so insane. And so and then there's there's this like redeeming moment at the end where he has this big turnaround moment and kind of saves the day and st sings about, you know, like true love and loving yourself and living your truth. And, and every night when I got to that part, I was like, I'm coming out every night yeah. on this stage. Yeah. Wow, you that's know? an incredible answer. Um, and it was so crazy to like relive that moment, even though the character wasn't coming out in himself to like, find the self-acceptance every night that was my moment man i was like oh my god i'm i'm literally playing myself and reliving this moment in my life over and over again yeah that was an amazing yeah answer. that was yeah matt is that what you're looking for because i don't he think nailed that he won up whatever you were looking for. i don't for, think, I think i've paid that much attention to something in a very long time <laughs> I was like, oh my God, keep Sorry, fucking I was rambling. talking. I'm a rambler. No, I was like, keep going. Yeah, this keep is amazing. Going. Keep just make up stuff now. Just keep going. <laughs> that was so good. Speaking of all of that, even this connects back to why I as a queer person am so connected to Patrick and David, because it is a relationship that we've never seen in television before. I as, as a queer person have never seen a relationship unfold this way, something that is so pure and so beautiful and that isn't driven by like sex or isn't driven by drama or isn't driven by trauma or pain or do you know what I mean? Like, yep. of course, there's essences of all of that in these characters, but it's something that's so innately pure and beautiful. And I just I mean, truly, the last two seasons of the show, I just wept because I was like, this is revolutionary yeah and i hope that queer kids get to see this and relate to david in that moment like you know when he is being proposed to and he finally understands that somebody actually does love him fully yeah. for himself for all of his faults and for all of his shortcomings and that he doesn't have to be anything else or have money or have clout or have new york city friends or have whatever like He's been stripped of everything that he's ever tried to hold on to for so long. And that's when he finds somebody that loves him so fully and so deeply. And I think as queer people, I don't know, I, should, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I think I, I can to an extent that there is this essence of gay trauma that exists in the world that we kind of believe that we can't have that. 
Mm. We literally like legally weren't allowed to have that until five years ago. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and there's so much, um, you know, hookup culture and throuples and like, uh, I don't know, just everything is so based on your physical appearance and your sexual prowess. And there's a lot of judgment in the queer community. You know, it's not as accepting and and loving as we say that we are. And anyway, so all of that, I, I think we all then watched this happen And I was just flooded with this emotion of like, oh my God, maybe that is something I can have. Yeah. Is that something that is for me? And like, and then it's like, am I, do we think I'm good enough to have that? Do we think I'm pretty enough to have that? Do we think I'm talented enough to have that? I mean, there's like so many emotions wrapped into that, right? But to watch David get that so fully and like uninterrupted, I think is like an actually a life-changing moment for a lot of queer people and I hope that a lot of queer kids that's all I'm saying I hope that queer kids watch it and they understand that they can be loved okay that's where I was getting (laughs) wow fuck me up clip that entire thing and put it on my fucking tombstone put it on my everything that was amazing yeah that was incredible wow yeah I mean like I you would strive to get to a point where everywhere is like Shit's Creek where they get together and not everyone's making a fucking big deal out of it and there's not the drama surrounding it and that's what I keep wanting to call him David Daniel Levy like when you watch him talk about it he's like I just wanted to create a world where it's loving and optimistic and and kids can look at it and say okay this is something that this the world can be and if it if it changes someone's mind if someone watches Shit's Creek and it changes someone's mind who maybe didn't think that before whether they are in the LGBTQ community or on the opposite conservative and and hate it or whatever and if it can change their mind then one person then he did the job and I'm sure it changed a fucking million people's minds so oh my god well in in the documentary thing they they read like the letters that the parents wrote of of young kids and that fucked me up Mm -hmm. like because he just like he can the the first like four I'm like Patrick reads it right Patrick reads it what's his name and what's Patrick's name in your life I know it I'm blanking on everyone's name right now anyway but yes but yeah so he's like reading this letter from like the parents of young kids of like their stories and how he's inspired them to be who they are and and he's just like sobbing like Patrick reads like the first three words and and yeah. um Daniel's like hysterically Noah. crying. Sorry, no Noah. Noah read. Yep, oh, that'll God. do it. Love wow. Him. So yeah, it's just like that p- part fucked me up and just like showing them at the pride parade and like all so many people were just like so happy to see them and just feel like connected with them and i just think that's like such a beautiful thing and i was sobbing all the time mm-hmm. that's more i'm crying again the, the only th- other thing that i think we definitely have to talk about is obviously we've talked about patrick singing but the song choice mm. is huge Do you want to go for go oh on i mean i just you know it's he sings simply the best which comes up again in the show like four episodes later yeah I, for some reason so uh, f- full confession i told them this in the group chat and i wasn't gonna I wasn't going to blast myself, but I will. I didn't realize that's what he was singing the first time I saw this episode. You So Pat, so you, when David sang it, you didn't realize that Patrick had already sang yes. it. Yes. Okay. Like I was, when I first watched it and maybe it's like, I know that song, but I don't know the words to that song. Like I wouldn't be able to sing that song if you asked me to sing it right now. Sure. So maybe that's why, like I was thinking like, oh my God, he wrote this song for him. Like that, cause so I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's so sweet. And then. I saw the episode that's like literally like five episodes later because then we we find out Patrick's story and they go on a break and then 
David takes advantage of all the gifts that Patrick's giving him, and that's how he, that's how he <laughs> makes up. That's yeah, that yeah. episode, and that's how he makes up to him by like lip singing the song and dancing, which is amazing. But I didn't realize that. So then, when I was rewatching this episode, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the song!" But for whatever reason, I was thinking. Uh david did the dance before um, that episode mm. and then i like i said i just kept watching no. the episodes after i watch it and i and watch that episode and then it plays at their fucking wedding yep. when he's walking down the aisle and i'm like yes let's go yeah i mean that's a big moment for the jazz gals oh god <laughs> no and it is because through all the David faces, like you can just tell, like it's almost like he wants to be embarrassed, but he just feels so like low. Like, in, the, in this episode, in this episode mean? when mm-hmm. he's singing to him, it's like he doesn't know how to feel, he's but so he, uncomfortable. He, but like in he, the best way, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like he's so painfully uncomfortable, but is also like, what is this feeling like yeah. of someone caring about me? Yeah. I mean, he's just grown up in a world where they're in a in a family, even where there is no affection. That like the love that him and his family share, there isn't affection in there, or there wasn't right before Shit's Creek, and I don't think he knows how to accept that. I don't think he knows. Again, like just as a gay person, I don't think he knows even how to accept the fact that somebody is saying there is no one like you. Yeah. Yeah, and and I am stuck on your heart, and like if anyone tore us apart, I would die. Mm. Like that sentiment is so foreign to him, is so alien to him, and I think it breaks him down. Right? Who? Of course, we all want Patrick to like look at us in the eyes and like publicly say, "If you were gone, I would die." Can you imagine? God. God, after you watch those two, you just got to decide you can't settle. You can't <laughs> settle, baby. You got to find your Patrick. Find your David, right. find your Patrick, whichever way you, you want it. I'll That's take right. either. Uh, I actually think I would, too. I'll take either. But of God, Patrick, I mean. Uh, yeah. Oh, every gay person in their dating profiles has the phrase, looking for the Patrick to my David. <laughs> and we all think we made it up. We all think we're very clever. We're the only ones who have it in our bios. But every single person, I swear to God, has it. And now we're just all a bunch of Davids looking for Patrick's, but there's only Davids around. You oh, know my what I'm God. And okay. you can't have a David with a David. That's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's fucking incredible. David. You have to have balance. Oh, God. <laughs> they really do balance each other out perfectly. They do. They do. And then, so this last scene is good, too. They're, so basically, it culminates after the open mic night, it culminates. They're all like, I would assume the next day they redid the name of the motel and it's just like a 10 second or 20 second scene. It's really fucking funny, but they name it Rosebud and they spell it wrong. It's so funny. And Alexis is like, okay, same difference. And also I didn't know that (laughs) something like that. She's like, that would be insane. And also I did not know that. Do we think they knew at the top because this is now four and a half seasons in Mm. and I've watched a couple interviews where they like, they didn't really know exactly where the story was going to go, but did they know at the top that they were doing, uh, they, that they had Rose as a last name and Bud as a last name and that eventually they would come together as Rosebud or was that a happy accident? I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. That's a good question. That's a really good question. The show plant seeds, or I mean, not even plant seeds, because I guess you wouldn't. Oh, I guess they did. So uh, 
I forget if I was reading an article that for a little bit of Alexis, when they were coming up with Alexis's character, they kind of wrote like she had a show which she calls um, critically reviewed. And she's like my critically reviewed album instead of like critically acclaimed, which is fucking hilarious. But before writing her character, they knew that she had this like stupid ass album that like failed or whatever it was. So later down the line, they were like, all right, you can like take a stab at writing it if you want to perform it. And then Annie Murphy and her husband wrote that song which is just one of the best moments of the show but I think this whole show is just very thoughtful and every ounce of it I love the bit and I talked about this last time but I love the bit where they talk about the clothes and how the clothes are just as important as the written words on the script or whatever and I was like it's so true because David's outfits every sweatshirt David wears I'm like I have to buy that I must it's so they're yes. they're so good. That was like I don't even know where I was going with that. Yes. But I was just talking a lot. But no, I mean Annie's perfect. She performed that song so perfectly. You know what else? I know that, I don't know if we have talked about this or if you've talked about it on a previous episode. But the fact that Annie was two years without work and her house had burned down mm-hmm. and she had just failed her like last screen test and her life was like. She was so upset and and had said that she was going to swear off acting. She was going to quit. And then all of a sudden books this show. And now she's an Emmy winner. I mean, the triumph I of know. that is so beautiful. And it even like makes you love Alexis more, right? But Because yeah. she's actually brilliant. But I just love her as a person. She's yeah. she's so inspiring, I think. Me too. And her story's inspiring. Yeah. The last thing I want to say about Alexis walking away is just saying the rebrand got her a 77% on her marketing exam, which is her te- final test or whatever. I'm like, that's <laughs> such a good walk away oh line of her. She's like, I hate to brag, but and yeah. like she's like excited about that. It's like, that's not good. And you just anointed yourself the VP of this of this fucking motel and you got a 77 yeah. from a like community college <laughs> david's like have you ever gotten an a yeah. <laughs> stevie's face at the end is, oh, is so proud a great note to end on on a on an almost perfect episode i would say wait one more note how badly would you love if there was a rose what is it rose apothe- apothecary mm-hmm. is that what it's called store near us oh my it god. has everything it has skincare it has wine it has cheese i know that when they get robbed oh my god shut the when fuck they up. get robbed you better stop <laughs> you better stop you i love that scene oh my god like they, he he took the expensive cheese and they're just like <laughs> looking at each other like oh <laughs> the confusion of of david in that episode is so good and like trying to tell patrick what happened and just be like yeah. Well, like he had a weapon. It's like, oh, uh, he was like, did yes. you did you see it? Yeah. He was like, well, no, but he said he had a gun. <laughs> wow. So yeah, good. that's a really. We're just gonna end up talking about all know, every yeah. other episode. I know this. So <laughs> wrap it up, my friend. Do you, Tim? Do you have anything to say to the millions listening? You've absolutely slayed this episode. By the yes. way, You're, the monologues you've been going on have really spoke to me. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. I do this thing where I just fucking ramble for my life. Mm. I apologize. Don't ever. I, I'm so glad this was so fun. I just I love this show, and I really hope that more TV like this comes out i love it so i know like dan has signed this three-year deal with abc or something to develop more shows like this and i just feel like the feel-good comedy has maybe made a return with this and i think it's brilliant and i think it's inspiring and it's beautiful and this is the kind of work that we um need to support i don't know totally um and also just like i'm feeling for my artist friends i mean we all life is a, a little tanked right now right but um, I'm all my artist friends and actor friends are, you know, out of work for the foreseeable future. And I just can't wait until 
we all get to come back together and make beautiful things again. Yeah. And, um, you know, so make beautiful things, I guess, like to whatever level you can in the meantime and keep manifesting that for the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you are a beautiful sm- soul. You are. <laughs> you are fun and talented. Small. Such a small. Yeah. But thank you for coming on. It was so nice meeting you. Yeah. You got to come on again. Pick something. Thank- anything yes. else. I'll come on every Dude. time. Just just join just and you're gleefully oh, i would love that thank you so much you are gleefully tim on everything correct that is correct gleefully tim everywhere you can find me yeah and tim you're new podcast host as well now right <gasps> i literally <laughs> forgot that i have a podcast <laughs> Ooh, tell yes, us about it i do i started a podcast it's called the something crazy podcast and it is a storytelling podcast where i basically get together with people and we talk about the craziest stories that we've lived to tell so that could be anything from a bad hookup or a bad date to a run-in with true crime to an i got lost in the amazon story to Whoa. like a celebrity run-in we did some haunted stories for october like i was almost kidnapped and murdered once we told that story this month like things like that so crazy stories stories it's a really fun time we're usually like a little boozed up and i feel like it's just connecting us and it lets everybody feel like we're all in a living room together like story swapping yeah and um i love it a lot so yeah the something crazy podcast you can find me on all platforms yes <laughs> well that's the beauty of podcasting we love it too i can't wait to listen to that, that actually i strive so to like live and have moments that i could tell on a podcast like that like yeah. i i'm living for that now i need to be almost kidnapped or something and then i'll come on yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope you don't get kidnapped, but sure. if that does Almost happen, kidnapped. please come on my podcast. Okay, yeah. we'll do. We'll do. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You thank are the best. You. Simply you the, the best. best. Oh. This has been my favorite episode of. My favorite episode of is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Of. listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.